insurance agents from around the world. Hey, guys, this is Scott Howell with the Insurance Guys podcast. Hey, I've got a question for you guys. How many service calls do you get a day? How about a week? How about a month? More importantly, how many of those calls are revenue generating? If not, why are you still taking those calls? The reality is that clients don't want to call their agent for things like documents, billing, service requests. These are considered non-revenue generating activities that can and should be handled with a client experience platform, CXP. The rule of thumb is, can you rely on your technology to fully accomplish the same thing being asked over the phone? If the answer is yes, give the client that option, please. Now is the time to look into a CXP for your agency, a client experience platform. A CXP is a core system at your agency, just like your AMS, just like your CRM, just like your Raider. Having a client experience platform like Glovebox gives you a leg up on the competition and allows you to focus on sales, which we better all be focusing on because nothing else matters, and high-level service. Get a demo today with one of the Glovebox gurus and mention the Insurance Guys podcast to get 20% off your new CXP. Trust me when I say it's time to jump on the Glovebox platform. I know we've done it here in our agency. We love it. We're desperately trying to get all of our clients on the Glovebox platform, guys. Desperately. We want them on there. We want them to go get their ID cards there. We want to reduce the number of times they call the agency. And, and that frees us up to do more selling. That's all it does. Call today, get a demo, and join Glovebox. Hey, guys, it's Bradley. Every now and then, a company comes across my desk that not only blows my mind and what they're able to accomplish, but we implement that particular technology in Portal and it completely changes the way we do business. That's happened a few times with a few different companies. And it happened this year with Ascend. In case you don't know, Ascend saves agent time by simplifying the time-consuming process of collecting payments, premium financing, and carrier payables. Without the back-and-forth paperwork integrated right into your checkout experience where customers can pay how they want. Credit, debit, ACH. Own the entire customer experience. It's branded to your agency and offer a modern checkout experience that your customers want. Ascend will also, this is the big one for me, automatically pay the provider, the carrier, the MGA, so you don't have to deal with the payables. It turns agency bill into direct bill. It combines the benefits of agency bill, owning the experience, with the convenience of direct bill. Don't have to worry about collections, payables, so you get the best of both worlds. And the best part is there's no subscription, no fee and no cost to the agents. Stop wasting time on payments so you can focus on growing your business. Go to useascend.com backslash insurance guys. I'm telling you guys, this is not just a promotion. This company is going to change the insurance industry. They've already changed portal. Useascend.com backslash insurance guys. That's U-S-E-A-S-C-E-N-D.com backslash insurance guys. Tell them we sent you. Thanks. Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast, powered by Glovebox. 
God, I love Glove Box. My name is Scott Howell, your fearless host and leader, insurance agency owner and insurance evangelist for iProtect Insurance and Financial Services, based out of Huntsville, Alabama. And before we get started on today's episode, please help me welcome, he is a six foot three sophomore from Severland, Alabama. Parade first team All-American rivals five-star recruit. He is a fantastic insurance agent and a great American. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together and welcome the incomparable Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? Great, Scott. How are you? Best I have ever been. Still doing forensics accounting, Bradley. Love it so much. It's my passion. <laughs> You're going to start Bradley. a separate business where you do forensic accounting for other insurance agencies? Absolutely. Bradley? Yes. I have got a couple things I need to go over with our podcast listeners today. But before I do, here's my latest and greatest unbelievable story. Bradley Flowers sends me a check. Pretty good, pretty good size check. <laughs> oh, gosh. Pretty good size check. Oh, no, you hadn't heard this yet. This is brand new, straight uh, hot off the press. Bradley sends me a check. I pay I Scott about, for friendship. I said, I said, uh, well, I need to put this check in the bank. Pretty good size check. Put it in the bank. A couple of days later, I get a, now remember guys, I've got people taking money out of all of my accounts. Like I'm running freaking UNICEF over here. Okay. <laughs> we got to remember that. I mean, we can Scott's just bank accounts look like Theranos's bank accounts right now. Oh, I'm telling you, I'm telling you like negative, everything's negative. Everything's, you know, barely able to make payroll. I put the check in the bank that Bradley gives me. Now remember people been doing home ec projects on my checks printing checks, depositing checks, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. I put Bradley's check in the bank. You know what I get the, the two days later in the mail, Bradley? I get a letter from Redstone Federal Credit Union. It says, dear Mr. Howell, we have put a 15-day business day hold on the check that you deposited. <laughs> Can you... It, it, Guys, I can't make this shit up. I can <laughs> not make it. So, like, the day that I can get money from the check Bradley sends me is, like, May the 3rd. They've already taken the money out of my account, though. Oh, I'm sure they have. Next thing I want to tell you guys, last week I have a podcast listener call me. He wanted some advice. And, of course, as everyone does when they talk to Scott, they want to find out the latest and greatest on the Fraud, embezzlement case. This is what he says to me, Bradley. He says, you know, I'm just so lucky and so blessed to have a friend of mine named John that was my best friend in my wedding that does all of my books for me. So I don't have to worry about that. And I said, dear, sweet baby Jesus, did you listen to one freaking word that i said on that podcast guys let, let, let me go ahead and tell you this okay let, let's let me just break this <laughs> the down way you is, framed that up was just hilarious let, let me just tell all of you this okay the more that you trust somebody brother sister uncle cousin best friend godparents if you listen to that podcast and the very first thing you thought was I am so blessed to have blah, 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 blah doing my books because they would never do that. You need to run, go get all your checks from your operating and sweep account and look at them because those are the people that are going to do this. Does everybody understand? Does anybody here 
Because as soon as he said it, I thought, my God, I didn't get through to anybody. Everybody's just sitting there going, well, I sure am blessed to have my cousin yeah. Randy doing my books for me because there's no way Randy would do that. I think it was Mike Fusco that said, don't let the person who reconciles the account also have the ability to write checks. Well, she didn't. Let's she just stole the checks. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, yeah which, that's true. You know, that's another thing. Guys, our mission on this podcast is to help you agents any way you can. The man on this podcast is about to help me in ways I didn't even know I could be helped. I had to have him on this podcast because what he has developed is a game changer in our industry. Please, for the love of all that is good, listen to this podcast and go see these guys and do a demo. And we'll give you all that information at the end of the podcast today. But he is about to hopefully keep me from being a cashier at the Flying J truck stop because I can't be in business anymore because so many people are stealing money from me. Okay. So without further ado, please allow me to give him the introduction he has always deserved. He is originally from Elkhart, Indiana, and he currently resides in New Haven, Connecticut. He is married to the beautiful Nikolai, and he is a 2011 graduate of Purdue University. He is an insure tech entrepreneur whose experience includes being one early employee, one of the earliest employees at Instacart, leading the company's product and data integration team. He is the creator of the home maintenance startup Shelter, which was acquired by Hippo in 2020, where he saw firsthand how fast the insurance industry was modernizing while agents and brokers still struggled with customer experience due to outdated payment processes, my Lord in heaven. <laughs> Today, he is the co-founder and CEO, co-CEO of Ascend, a modern all-in-one payment solution purpose-built for the insurance industry. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my profound honor today to introduce to you first-time guest on the IGP, Mr. Andrew Wynn. How are you, Andrew? You know, I have butterflies in my stomach after that introduction. It feels like I'm walking out on the field at Notre Dame or something. What an Ladies incredible hype man. Please That's welcome what he to should Notre just Dame do Stadium. for a living, you know? Like, you should, <laughs> no have, you should have a cameo account where you can pay $10 and get Scott to hype you up before you walk yeah. in your next board meeting, you know? Or That's right. Go out I on that day or, you know, we should have a hotline, Scott, where every day people That's can right. call and you can just tell them everything's going to be great. You know, I do up, have agents reach out to me, not many, two or three a year, and they'll be like, hey, can you do an intro for me? And I'll be like, yeah, I'll do one for you. Andrew, Andrew, get in my DeLorean. It's a little car. And by the way, guys, if any of you haven't seen, go Google this. They're about to come out with an all-electric DeLorean. Has anybody seen that? Bradley, have you checked that out? I'm Very trying cool. like crazy. Scott and I, we desperately need new headshots for the podcast desperately yeah. and yeah i've aged about I'm, I'm aging in dog years over here i don't even look like myself andrew andrew while while bradley is fighting technology issues which he's been fighting now for the better part of two years let's get in our delorean for a second let's, let's talk go. let's just let's just yeah. talk how did you graduated from purdue you, you you've done a lot talk to talk to our audience today about kind of business there and so a lot of the folks um who I knew growing up were small business owners of, of some sort and a lot of entrepreneurs and family businesses. And I didn't realize until later what an impact that had on me. Uh, so anyway, after I went to Purdue and then uh, was actually in the Peace Corps for a couple of years, 
uh, doing economic development in Senegal, uh, and then got to kind of look at the world from afar, right? And I knew I didn't want to stay in Senegal and decided to, that kind of all the fun, interesting stuff for a 25, 24-year-old guy was happening in San Francisco. Uh, so I moved to San Francisco, never been there before, ended up working at Instacart with a bunch of folks, including my, my current co-founder, Praveen. Uh, we also did uh, uh, Shelter together uh, and obviously worked at Hippo together. So we've been working together for a long time now. And when we started Instacart, it was a lot of small businesses too, right? A lot of small regional grocery stores who were trying to compete against the big guys. Uh, Instacart obviously grew and changed and started working with some huge stores with time. Then we went and started uh, Shelter, which was kind of similar to Instacart in some ways and not at all in others and worked with a lot of uh, small home services businesses and tried to help connect them to customers in an efficient way. And at the same time, realized that insurance companies, carriers, some brokers had a really vested interest in, in both you know, making sure their customers and insurance homes were well-maintained, obviously, right? If you've got a leaky water heater in the attic, that's not good for anyone. Uh, and also really just having a relationship with the customer, right? So kind of a lot of carriers and home insurance carriers kind of just disappear, right? Like you pay your bill once a year and they're gone. Uh, and so some some folks wanted to uh, maintain that touch point. And that's how we first got into insurance of helping some of those carriers do that, facilitating these home services. Um, as you talked about, you know, we, we sold that business to Hippo, which was a really fascinating experience because we'd only been building tech products before, right? And we realized they're like, oh gosh, we're building tech products and customer experiences here, but we're also building insurance products. And we realized just how hard it is to build both at the same time. And that's why some of these newer, we believe, you know, some of these newer full stack carriers build really good customer experiences and struggle a little bit on the insurance side. But the inverse is true too, right? A lot of the traditional, you know, incumbent industry folks have really great insurance products. But if you can't find them, if you can't interact with them, and if they're hard to work with, it doesn't matter, right? And so we thought Ascend and, you know, there's a great opportunity to just help make the process of insurance, good insurance, easier for customers, agents, carriers, you know, the whole process. And uh, that's where Ascend came from. So going from tech strictly to the insurance industry, and I apologize for my, my Wi-Fi issues that I thought were worked out. Was it kind of like going from New York City to a third world country? Like not hippo specifically, but the industry. That's not at all how I think about it. I, I think, uh, you know, it kind of reminds me of growing up, right? It's like people who I know, it's small businesses, it's people who I understand who are trying to, you know, create a legacy, build uh, yeah. you know, protect a family business. Right. And I really enjoy that human person to person aspect. And I think that's something really special about the insurance industry that we all like, right. And we all really value is that the relationships of it that you don't necessarily get in, in big tech in the same way. And the tech enhances the relationship. That's the thing that I that's think right. anti, and certainly there are insure techs that, that are anti-agent and are uh, quote unquote, trying to put the agent out of business or whatever, but, but really like, other agents that are anti-insure tech, I try to have the conversation with them. Like, look, this is not replacing your relationship with your customer. It's A, allowing you to have more relationships and B, allowing you to enhance the relationships that you already have because you're not focused on filling an accord form out for 35 minutes. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Could not agree more. Yeah. So let's talk about your movement from shelter slash hippo because I think you learned a lot while you were there during that transition and, and really deep diving mm-hmm. into the insurance business, you mm-hmm. saw an opportunity there that you're like, wait a minute, 
these yeah. agents and brokers, this, this whole payment processing thing is just, it's a, it's, it's got, something's got to change. And that was a personalized product, right? Like that's yeah. as, as it gets. Um, and, you know, Hippo at the time had agency bill, direct bill, was an MGA, bought a carrier, had producers, like a little bit direct of everything. To consumer. There, right? Direct to consumer. Exactly. Uh, you know, produce a bunch of stuff. Yeah. We saw some of that, that mess firsthand and then kind of took a step back and looked at the industry broadly and realized like, gosh, this isn't every startup as you know, we all know has goes through some stuff. And what we were trying to figure out is, is this just some stuff and Hippo hasn't figured it out yet? Or is this how it works, you know, in the industry? And what we realized was like, yeah, some people can do this better and some people have a handle on it, but it's not solved, right? It is not an easy process across the industry end to end, but it is, you know, like the problems are pretty shared, right? So Mm. it's specific to insurance as an industry, but generalizable within it. And, you know, all the folks listening here probably all have pretty similar problems, but those problems are different than, you know, someone who sells health, uh, maybe that's about sells real estate or something, right? They're different, but they're specific to insurance, but generalizable. And that's why we wanted to focus on this specific area of, of payments. Well, I'll tell you a story. I love things that like, I'm obsessed with efficiency. I'm, I'm obsessed with the customer experience. And when you can combine something that helps with both of those things, you know, it, it really gets my attention. So I was in a conference room last year, about June-ish, and I, it was in uh, Columbus, Ohio, and I was sitting next to Hanley. And it takes a lot to get my attention, especially in a room like that. And I'm having a conversation with somebody over here. And Hanley like blabs off a couple of things that Ascend does. And it was like that moment in the movie where the car slams on brakes. like, And I went, what the hell did you just say? And yeah. he's like, well, Sin does da 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 da. I don't, I don't, I don't remember what it specifically was. I think it was something to do with paying the, the markets. And I, and I went down on my document and wrote down Ascend. And, and you guys have been on my radar ever since because I was like, that's a, he's like, you know, the, the position that Scott and I are in, not that we're any special at all, but because we're so out there, we hear about a lot of things that are coming down the pipeline, new technology, new companies, new carriers. They call us, they pitch us, all that kind of stuff. Very, and I said this in our in our pre-roll, and I meant it very few times do I hear about a company coming and doing something that I'm like, that is a game changer. And I think some of the things, some of the problems you guys are solving are not only problems that need to be solved, but in some cases are problems that agents don't even know that they have. And that's where you can really get transcended, in my opinion. So what mm-hmm. what is it like? I know for a lot of founders, it's solving the problem is kind of their why or their thing. Kind of what is it for you and kind of what what areas of problems do you guys look to tackle when you started? Yeah. First off, thank you. Appreciate it. That always, you know, as a founder, that also means a lot, right? It, it, it feels good to hear and, and touches and we still got a lot of work to do, no doubt. Um, but it, it's it's reassuring that we're on the right track. In terms of what motivates us and why we wanted to, to do this, aside from sort of the you know, specifics we talked about, it's really about, we wanted to solve a big problem, right? A big repeatable problem, right? That could have a real impact for a lot of people. Uh, that was kind of the the required ingredient because, you know, if you're not going to swing, if you're going to swing, swing big, right? I, yeah, I guess yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we very much embody that. And for us more personally, you know, it's about being able to enable people to do what they want to do, right? Whether that's our employees who want to like grow and learn and develop as folks and our customers moreover. And like you said, it's about enabling folks to 
be better risk advisors, insurance consultants, not salespeople, not data entry, not all this other stuff that gets sort of confounded with it today and ultimately maintain those relationships. And if we can help people do that, great. We don't know a lot about insurance products in, in the ways that you all do, but what we do know is about how technology can improve processes and efficiencies. And like, that's our lane. That's what we want to stay in and apply it to this very big relationship-driven industry. Awesome. Do you feel like I had a, I've got a guy here in my office, this, this newer, and he's new to the industry and he's asking a lot of questions. He's listening to the podcast. So he's asking a lot of questions like, Hey, you mentioned blue blood carriers the other day. What does that mean? And things like that. Right. And he came to my mm-hmm. office yesterday. He's like, can I ask you a question? I was like, sure. And this is getting more like macro insurance industry, but I just want to get your thoughts on this and Scott's thoughts as well. He said, why do you have these, these legacy carriers that have this outdated technology? It's like, you can tell exactly what it is as soon as you see it. And then you have these uh, insure techs over here who have great technology, but sometimes, like you said, the back end's not there. And that's the, like, I tweeted this morning. I said, you know, InsureTech, we, we're great with technology. Also, InsureTech, here's your paper check. And no, we can't send you a CSV file with your commission statement on it. That's the carrier told me that this week. And I said, I think, I said, I, I, this is very generalizing. I said, but, and, he's, and then he said, he said, it seems like the legacy carriers don't care to improve their technology. Or, and the ones that do are screwing up. And I said, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I know of a carrier that I work with that implemented a $100 million project. It was like the largest technology project of an insurance company that year. And when it took them two years to roll it out, when they rolled it out, it was hot garbage. And I said, and he said, so it seems like the ones that like, they're like, Hey, here's our new thing, but it's like, it doesn't work. And I said, I think you have some that are trying and they're just, they're listening to underwriters, not necessarily product people and not necessarily the end mm-hmm. user. But I said, I think you also have a lot of legacy insurance carriers that are almost like keeping their eye on the hippos and the lemonades and the swifts and the openlies in the hope of, Hey, we'll let them build the technology and then we'll buy it. Do you think there's some of that going on right now? What do you think, Scott? Oh, yeah. I'm sure the right person at the right carrier saw something that they felt like would be a game changer and they were high enough in the food chain. They could get their board of directors on board and what whatnot. They're, they might make a run at something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you wonder sometimes whether some of these carriers that you mentioned and some more are just, you know, positioning themselves after a, three to five year run of success to, you know, sell out for the the billions of dollars or or whatever. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I think, I think there's, I think every carrier in America, you know, these insurance carriers, especially the blue blood carriers, they've got a lot of people working for them that are scary smart. You know, you've been the right ear and they take, they take notice and then they go look at this stuff. You know, I'm sure they, they all kind of look at all that and see, uh, you know, this, kind of sitting in the cut I call it sitting in the cut just kind of waiting and watching to see if there's something there that they want to try to make a run at mm-hmm. I'm sure that happens all the time what do you think Andrew do you think there there a lot of these carriers are waiting for that opportunity or are they waiting and watching a specific carrier build their tech out and say okay we're going to copy it and I know it's a very um, broad it's a very broad thing like it's yeah. everybody's not doing the exact same thing yeah and you know like there's enough people out there like everything like I'm sure that's true sometimes and maybe, you know, a lot, maybe a little, who knows. But I think I can say from at least my experience and what I've observed is, um, and everyone on this podcast knows better than anyone, insurance is tough, right? It is a tough product. It is a tough market. And so if those folks are waiting in the, in the uh, sort of 
cut, like you said, Scott, it's not because they're being um, opportunistic necessarily. It's just like, this is really hard. And if someone else is going to do it, we want to also benefit from that, right? And share in that. I think I assume positive intent from a lot of these folks. I think uh, there's probably some number of, you know, the bottom percentile of carriers who have their head in the sand and that's their strategy and Godspeed to them. I, you know, we'll see how that works out. But I think a lot of them want to modernize and meet the customers where they are and serve their brokers and agent partners better, but they just don't know how. And like, yeah. they also carry a lot of responsibility. These are hundred year old businesses that sort of underpin yeah. the fabric of our economic society, like in a hard product, like this is tough work. Right. And so, um, I assume that like, if they, if they, uh, people are looking because they want to make it better, not because they're being opportunistic. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I saw something yesterday. They had Mark Cuban on a podcast and the guy asked him the question. He said, if you had 48 hours in a day, you don't, but if you did Mark, God, I wish we did. What two, did you see this Bradley? No, but I was just, I was just well, saying we had 48 hours. What two industries would you go after to modernize and make better than what they are today? And the one he talked about the most was the healthcare industry. Yeah. My, you know, he feels like there's a lot of opportunity in the healthcare sector to make things better, to modernize, to if you could just you figure know, out how to get on. doctors to use Calendly. I think you would revolutionize the industry. That's right. But at the end of that, before the guy moved on, could, could move on to the next question, Mark said, the other industry I would probably tackle if there was 48 hours in a day would be the insurance industry, specifically insurance carriers. Uh, and he said, I think there's an opportunity there to he said something about what was the word he used transparent I don't know, but you're gonna have to send me this this interview transparent it was a very he barely got it out of his mouth and the guy moved on to another question but he said the other industry i'd get into would be the insurance carrier business and and creating a and he said the word transparent insurance carrier whatever that meant i don't know what he meant by that yeah. what are your what are your thoughts on that andrew i think there's a huge opportunity for transparency, right? We don't really know what happens behind the doors. And um, I think whenever that happens, people in, assume the worst, right? Like it's, right. as we've seen, right? right? There's very Big low bad trust insurance in carrier. That's right. And like, look, again, there's probably some percentile where that's true, but I think for most folks, it's not. People generally, right? And there's always the exception, aren't bad and they care. And I think, again, like if you work in insurance, you often take, as you should, take that really seriously. Uh, you sort of duty to to serve and protect folks, you know, through these risk management products. And I assume a lot of insurance carriers are that way. I think they just like can't get out of their own way, right? Yeah. And so it's really just enable allowing them to do this with technology because they're not going to build it themselves. They can't, right? Mm-hmm. They've proven that over and over. So it's just a matter of helping them help themselves. When it's right. back to like Scott's whole, Scott is staunchly against third party adjusters. In case you didn't know, Andrew, it's like back to Scott's mm-hmm. whole third party and, and there's always going to be third party adjusters, but it's like, if you screw up the, the claims process, like everything else done. you've done right is just negated immediately. Like that is the only reason people buy the policy right. is for there to be a claim be paid and, and it be done efficiently and easily. And unfortunately, you know, I, my brother-in-law is dealing with a, not a bad claim, but, but we thought it could be a bad claim and ended up being okay. But, you know, I told him, I was like, look, there's no claim that goes smoothly. Like yeah. there's not this no claim is going to go smoothly, but if we can figure out how to make it 95% smoother 
and at least have the adjuster be engaged in the conversation. You know, and that's where some of these, you know, some of these carriers are going to look at AI and things like that, where to keep an adjuster from making a mistake or being rude to a customer or what have you, you know? Totally. I, I will say I know one carrier right now that's scrambling to go back to the way things were. Really? Because I got a call from a friend of mine the other day and he's like, this carrier's throwing me some serious money out here to try to get me to come on board with them as a staff adjuster, large loss claim mm-hmm. staff adjuster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And apparently they are racing to go back the other direction where they had, but you know, kind of gone out there and decided they were going to do the third party independent adjuster stuff. And it was like, Oh no, never mind, Retreat, retreat. The problem with that though, Scott, is you can't have a staff, like you cannot be as efficient in my opinion with, staff adjusters as you can with third-party adjusters so what's going to end up happening i worked for a carrier for six years that had staff adjusters is you end up you know somebody retires or somebody quits you don't replace them they just add more work so then what you get is you get everybody's pissed off and so you end up kind of with the same thing you know what i mean it's like like i had a client at that same carrier that we were trying to move over here and all he needed was a letter from an adjuster saying that a claim was closed and nobody would write it yeah. Just because they didn't want to. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's one of those things you're completely correct, Bradley. If you're not replacing quickly and paying people and, and I know staff, staff adjusters cost a lot more money for, for, a for sure. Carrier yeah. Healthcare, dental, car, fuel, but credit if you can take some that. tech and some AI that's and right. put that in there to help right. the process, that's where you can get the train going. The problem right. is, in my opinion, the carrier that wants staff adjusters probably doesn't even know what AI stands for, maybe. Yeah. But yeah, there's there's a white space there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, let's let, let's think through this carrier journey, right? Maybe they were like, okay, how do we get more efficient on claims? We're going to go third party. And now they're like, okay, that was a bad customer experience. How do we stay efficient, but do a better customer experience? And now maybe they're going back to that staff adjuster model using technology to enable them. And it's all part of the, the journey, right? Hopefully, hopefully they're not, hopefully they're actually going forward, even though it looks like they're going backward. Yeah enabling these folks. And, and, you know, I think that's the direction the industry needs to move in order to, for it to be both a good insurance risk product and a good customer experience. Those things are not mutually exclusive. We, ought to, get that, we ought to get that person that uh, made that call on the podcast, Scott, that would be cool. I'll tell, um, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you one thing they could do. They could fewer staff adjusters. So they, they tamp down their overall, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, instead Reserves. of a revenue stream, it's a, it's, it's, you know, it's a cost, it's a cost, cost center, center yeah. cost yeah. center, but so, you could, you could backfill. And for any, uh, companies that would like to hire me, any carriers, I'm, I come for the low, low price of $2.1 million. I'll help you figure this out, but backfill the staff adjusters with virtual assistants to help them do the actual quoting the, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. exact aware, whatever that system exactly. is, they all use and take some of that off their plate so they don't feel like they're just on a hamster wheel and there's instead of doing mm-hmm. 10 claims they're doing 100 claims and See, I think that's mm-hmm. where you could win maybe if you had a staff adjuster who managed 
15 third party adjusters or 150 right. third party adjusters right. and they sort of oversaw it and like hey no you need to make sure you and they're more of in a managerial let's just oversee the claims kind of role right switching yeah, gears works. a little bit andrew you guys have some amazing people that that work with you talk a little you know mike and and, and natalie and some of those folks talk a little bit about the importance of surrounding yourself with good people because one of the things that i've admired about dealing with you guys as an agent in dealing and knowing you you know, a lot of founders, and you're obviously an experienced founder, but a lot of founders tend to be almost anti-delegation and want to handle every single part of the process and be control freaks a little bit. It, I do not get that vibe from you guys, that it's very clear this is this person's role and, and you give them enough room to make the decision and that sort of thing. So talk a little bit about the importance of not only surrounding yourself with good people, but being willing to let them make decisions and, and do their job. Yeah, when this podcast comes out, I have to get that clip and play it in meetings, you know, uh, just to make, sure, free, make sure people, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I'm, when I am micromanaging, no. Um, Everybody's joke, guilty of micromanaging. Of course, time, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's your baby, right, especially, yeah. but uh, no, I mean, I think one thing that we really value and we are very transparent about from the beginning is responsible by choice, right? Like when you come in here, we're not, this is, you are making the choice to be responsible for this thing. And secondly, and so that's on you, right? Like you, that is your world. And secondly, very quickly in a startup, as you know, you learn, right? And you learn very fast and maintaining that expertise, that domain expertise happens to one person or one team or one function very quickly. And so we also always want the person who's closest to the learnings to make those decisions. Because why would I make a decision about marketing? I have no idea, right? Like, you know, and maybe at the beginning I had some idea, but like, that's Mike's decision. And if I disagree with it and he knows more, who am I to say I'm wrong or that he's wrong? You know, like that's his world. And if he makes a mistake, like responsible by choice, right? Yeah. So on. Interesting. It's, it's a, yeah. You know, I said, there's some things that do really matter, right? And, and uh, or you don't want to give up. And those are things that are things like hiring, right? Things like um, letting people go, right? If you have to do that, that's, that's on you. And like we talked about at the beginning, you know, I still go through our financial statements on a weekly basis and make sure that money isn't going anywhere. It shouldn't be going. Yep. Print um, the damn checks like out. Print <laughs> the right. checks out. And look, Eric, look Eric at Garcia, the look Eric at Garcia the gives me crap because I run my PL every day. I'm like, bro, I'm a startup and I'm bootstrapped and I have to know exactly where I am at that given moment. That's right. It just makes yeah. me feel and, better to run it every single day. And it also makes it easier because I don't have this one day where that's all I'm doing, you know? Yeah. And you got to manage those recurring costs, right? You know, that's the stuff that gets you. Yeah. Uh, and so when you watch those trends over time, you can nip them in the bud before they, they accrue too much. Kind of my theory with like my role is like, because we're set up very differently than a lot of agencies. I don't do any selling. My people mm -hmm. do the selling, the, the things that I want to do. So there's things that I like to do. Those are the things I'm going to do, right? So for you, that may be the, the financial piece. There's things I have to do, right? As the owner mm -hmm. of the agency. And then everything else gets delegated pretty much. Yeah. And then obviously there's problems that pop up and things like that. And I think where things get interesting, you always say automate, outsource, delegate, but I think where things get interesting with delegation is when there's something that you like doing, but you're not good at, and you have to be mm -hmm. self-aware enough to know that, Hey, Johnny over there in the corner would be much better at ordering staples or copy paper or whatever, not that we're right. ordering copy paper, but right, right, right. I said on a podcast, I said on Hanley's podcast that office supplies and software was our biggest category on our PL, our biggest expense on our PL. 
And everybody heard office supplies and then glazed over software. And I had agents reaching out to me like, cannot believe you're spending so much money on copy paper. And I'm like, bro, Staples, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's not that it's the software. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hello there. Guys, excuse me for interrupting your regularly scheduled podcast, but I'm here today to get you out of aggregator and cluster jail. This may be the most important message I've ever delivered on the Insurance Guys podcast. Guys, are you a member of a cluster or an aggregator? Does your contract have exit fees, termination payments, buyback provisions? It's time to get your freedom back and do what we did here at iProtect Insurance. Join the AC, the future of aggregators in our industry. Best decision we've ever made, guys. Best decision we've ever made. No entry fees, small $200 a month membership fee, over 50 plus carriers for direct appointments. And by the way, new ones coming on board each and every month. You keep 100% of your commissions, profit sharing every year. Guys, we have made in the last two years, each year, our agency has made over $100,000 in profit sharing. Here's the best part, guys. And this is the part I'm the most passionate about. No termination or exit fees. You give the AC 60 days notice and you're free. You go get direct appointments wherever you want. There's no buyback provisions, no exit clauses. Guys, if you're a member of another aggregator and you have termination fees, buyback provisions, exit clauses, every single policy you write, you're digging that hole just a little bit deeper. And one day you're not going to be able to get out of it. It's going to be too much. You're going to be taking out a second mortgage on your home to try to get out of a cluster group. Unbelievable. Guys, go to AC Free. Dot org. That's acfree.org and register. Find out why over 650 agencies and $3 billion in premium have chosen the AC. And guys, here's the best part. But wait, there's more. Mention the Insurance Guys podcast when you talk to these guys and you get six months. That's six months of no membership fee just by mentioning the Insurance Guys podcast. Go today, www.acfree.org, and let me help you get your freedom back. Have a great day. So, Andrew, I, I feel like you and I are a lot the same in that regard. I'm not a micromanager. Uh, if things are going well and we're selling insurance and – Everybody seems to be rocking on. I, I, you might not hear from me for a week or two. Uh, I am, I've always hated micromanaging people. Mm -hmm. I told yeah. somebody yesterday on a podcast, I said, guys, here's the thing. You, you don't hire people and motivate them. You hire self-motivated people and train yeah. them to do their job to the best of their ability. Empower them. And then you cut up, you cut them loose and let them go. Yeah. Now, yep. now, should you know, we're about to bring two more people on board. We're bringing on, uh, I think one starts April 27th, and then the other one starts May the 1st. And the mm -hmm. two different roles one's a commercial account manager, one's a salesperson, so uh, mm -hmm. an agent. And will I micromanage them for a little while and, and check with their boss? I say boss, I shouldn't say that. They're the people that 
or working with them on a daily basis to train them? Am I going to, yeah, I will for a while, but when I feel good about it and I feel like the training wheels can come off, but they may only hear from me once or twice a week, unless something happens, I need to get involved with. I think what yeah. you get in insurance agencies, I know a lot of insurance agency owners who are micromanagers and cannot delegate and cannot give their people enough room to make decisions. And I think what you get, in my opinion, and Scott knows more about personality assessments and all that sort of stuff, personality types, but I think producers traditionally, salespeople traditionally are not good delegators, in my mm -hmm. opinion, in my experience. True. And you get a lot of these insurance agency owners who were former producers that said, I can do it mm -hmm. better on myself. And they don't want to let go of everything. Like they want right. to do everything themselves. And then it's great in the beginning, but then eventually it hinders growth and you plateau. That's right. You have two choices, guys. Listen to me. Write this shit down. Write it down. You have, you have two choices. As an insurance agency owner, you can either work in the business, and that means – you're scrubbing toilets, doing quotes, cold calling, warm calling. You're inside the business and you're getting after it. And we yeah. all started that way. Most of us mm -hmm. started that way because you woke up one morning, decided to be an insurance agent. You had zero premium on the books and you had to do it all yourself. You couldn't afford to hire anybody. And then at some point in your career, and I've always said this was somewhere between half a million dollars in premium and a million dollars in premium, depending on which class of business you're writing. Mm -hmm. If you're doing personal lines only, it's probably half a million. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you're writing big mid market accounts, maybe you've only got 10 or 12 of them and it might be more money than that before. But at some point in that half a million to million dollars in premium, you got to hire somebody else because all you're going to start doing Mm -hmm. is you walk in thinking I'm going to make 50 calls today and write some insurance and the damn phone won't stop ringing because Miss yeah. Johnson's payments messed up and John Stevens had a claim. And you know what I'm saying? Totally. It, it, yeah. it starts snowballing on you. Yeah. But at was, some point you've got to stop working in the business and start working on the business. If you want to scale. Now, if you want right. to stay at a million or $2 million in premium, More great. Keep working yeah. in the business because that's about as far as you can I, go. I think some people say they want to stay small, though, just because it's, the, it's they don't want to admit they don't have a scale. Yeah, I think that happens, too, honestly. The way I like to think about it is like it's like driving a car, right? It's like you can start you start in first gear and you're doing everything and you very quickly need to start and get to second gear. Right. And second gear is a delegation phase and you got to shift. Right. And if you don't, you can only go so fast. Right. Mm -hmm. If you stay in first and that's fine. Conversely. If you start in second, right, and you hire people to do all the work and you don't do it yourself, you're going to get started a lot slower, right? And so it's just about knowing when to when to shift from first to second and also making sure, you know, you're not staying in first too long or you don't start in second. Yeah. Get, I, get your all, the whole way up there. Yeah. Perfect analogy. And, and, le and let me give you another little Whitman sampler hint here on another <laughs> thing I see. Insurance agents who don't trust their employees and do micromanage and do, you know, have that mentality of it's me versus them, they almost never get to that next level or third gear or fourth gear or fifth gear yeah. because it's always in their mind. It's me against them, and they have a lot of turnover, and they can't pay their people mm -hmm. enough, and they can't hire great people, mm -hmm. and it, it just never can get past that, like, million, $2 million in premium level. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So kind of here – 
towards the end of the show, Andrew, talk a little bit about Ascend and some of the problems you guys are solving for agents, because I think yes. people need to know about that. That's that's why you're here. Tell them. Yeah, I'm here to hang out with you guys. This is he's here to you know, he, that's yeah, the fun he's here part. To hang out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need yeah, to do another one of these at like problems. Yeah. six p.m. or so, like just yeah. hanging out on a Friday, maybe with a beer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, uh, Ascend is working to really simplify agency bill and premium finance payments for folks running agencies, right? You know, as we talk about growth, that's often an area where it's really hard to do yourself. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of work. And if you want to get into that second, third, fourth gear, you got to make that easier. You can do it with people that comes at a cost, right? Or you can use technology to do it so that you can focus more on your customers. And so Ascend really is a modern way to do agency bill and premium finance. We provide the checkout link to the insured. It's totally branded to your agency. So there's no, you know, alphabet it's, soup of buying it's a so clean too. That's that's what we go for, right? You know, give your customer meet your customers where they are, right? Give them the experience they want. Folks want to pay online. They want to be able to pay sitting in their truck when they're on the way to a job, whatever it is, right? They don't need to mail a check to a P.O. box. And um, anyway, brand it to your agency so you don't get in the we often call it the alphabet soup of. I'm buying a policy from Andrews Insurance and it says, you know, CRC because they're the wholesaler and it's financed <laughs> by ABC Corp and it's from CNA. And it's like, hold on, I'm buying insurance from Scott, right? Like what's going on here? And so that's why we brand it to you. I cannot tell you how many customers, this happens a lot. We ask them, hey, well, who do you have now when they're reaching out for a quote? And they'll, they'll tell us the premium finance company. Like they, have no, they have no idea. Yeah. You know, we see that a lot. And so that's what we try to help make easier. It's your customer, right? Um, you want to, you want to be the one engaging with them. Uh, and so, yeah, we, you know, we give you that checkout link. The insured can pay however they want. They can pay in full. They can finance. It's up to them. No extra work for you. No back and forth, no paperwork. Um, it's all just in that checkout. And then once the policy has been paid for, uh, you know, on the finance side, we'll actually just net you your commission, right? So get rid of the payables process and we'll pay the market for you. We'll give you visibility into how that works. Um, you'll be able to see when the carrier was funded or the wholesaler was funded, how they were funded, when it cleared, all that stuff so that, you know, you have the comfort and knowing that was done properly. Speaking of things that, you know, you want to keep tabs on, but not necessarily do, but you don't have to actually do all that payables work necessarily. So yeah, Listen to that for a second, guys. Like they just eliminated not only so much headache from your agency, but also the time it takes to do that. That's right. I mean, I have, opportunity cost is big. good. Lord. I have a lot of questions. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I might have a couple answers. We'll see. <laughs> because I'm no different than all the other agents out there. You know, I'm, I'm one of the only true blue main street independent agents left that like mm -hmm. still deals with customers every day. Just got off mm -hmm. the phone with Nancy smart about 30 minutes ago about a refund check. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm a true real deal independent agency that mm -hmm. hasn't morphed into something else. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of those guys and girls listening to this podcast. Mm -hmm. So what I'm talking about right now, Andrew, is agency build accounts. Yeah. We write the policy and we put the invoice for that policy into our AMS system. Okay. That's right. Then we're going to, at some point in time, uh, if it's agency build, you technically want to get the payment before we bind the policy, right? Because right. The, the NGA is going to tell you, 
hey, this is this is agency bill. If they don't pay, you're on the hook. That's, That's you on not you. Paying. Yeah. Yeah. So I go to ascend. I've sold a policy. It's an agency build account. That policy, when I download that invoice from a, a MGA, and we'll just throw one out there, one of the big ones. Let's say RPS. Everybody knows who RPS yeah. is. That invoice will have the gross premium, and then yeah. it will break down state tax, local tax, this tax, this fee, that fee, inspection fee, agency fee, whatever's on there. Mm-hmm. So am I going to ascend and I'm going to need to sit there and type in a, a lot of that information to send to the policyholder via email or is it, can you do text message as well? You can SMS the link to them if you want. And to your question of, do you need to go through and enter all that stuff? Um, it depends on what AMS you're using. We're working to add more every day. Uh, right. we, we trying to go fast there, right? It's uh, we work with a lot of the, the smaller, faster ones. And so some of the bigger, slower ones are a little, you know, that's the long pole. Um, but what we want to do is make it super easy. So when that, that invoice comes into, you know, from RPS into your AMS, that will just generate a link with all the information pre-filled to ascend. Uh, and then you can click email, you can grab that link and put it in an SMS. You can open it up next to your client. If they're sitting next to you, they can go in, enter however they want to pay, put in their bank account. They can send a wire, they can use credit card, debit card, whatever. Um, and either pay the down payment on a premium finance agreement. And that, again, that commission just gets put straight into your operational account and then off, off the payment goes to RPS, which you'll be able to see, or they can pay in full, um, in which case that just goes you know, right into your trust account and then can handle from there. So really up to you and, and the insured of how they want to do it. And for Andrew, those of you listening that are thinking, because like the best part about agency bill is it does help cash flow because you get paid right away. That's right. Those of you thinking, oh, well, then I don't get paid right away. It's like the next day. It's, yeah. Like, it's, you guys pay it really fast. Like it's 8 a.m. the next day. Yeah. 8 a.m. Eastern. So I yeah. wake up and yeah. see all those jobs run. And uh, another thing I watch, right? And make sure they all go out and there's no issues so that folks uh, are getting paid and they get a, you know, full report of, uh, you know, here's your commission that you received to your, your operational account. This one was a trust, went all to your trust account policy number, quote number, insured name, taxes, fees, mm-hmm. premium, everything in there so that you get it right away. And so ultimately what we're trying to do, you know, right now there's two options, right? There's agency bill and direct bill. That's kind of it. One of our other values to what we were talking about is always look for the third way, right? When there's, when you're faced with two options, there's typically a third that's less visible. And we think that's true of this too. Like, why can't we create the benefits of agency bill? Meaning you get paid right away. And more importantly, you own your customer experience. Why are you going to give that up to a finance company who will never cross-sell them anything or even worse to a carrier who will cross-sell them and cut you out? And That's they're right. guys terrible. Yeah. It's awful. Totally, totally. So you go get those benefits, but the convenience of direct bill in that like all the stuff, right? All the operational work is taken care of. That's what we're Andrew, trying to do. Andrew, stop right there. Stop right here. Did you just do away with premium financing? <laughs> no, not, I mean, not at all. I mean, we, premium finance is an important way to, you know, uh, sell, help folks get the coverage they need. We just put that into uh, a product that makes sense for, for folks who want to buy and trying to make the whole process a lot easier. He, for he's folks. created a third billing type is what he's done. That's right. That's what yeah. he's done. So if I, if I'm a commercial focused agency, which we are, that yep. does a lot of agency build stuff, which yeah. we do. What you've just done 
And I realize they have the premium finance option on Ascend, but you have just kind of revolutionized that. That's what I'm saying. That's what I heard when I was in Columbus. And I was like, what did you just say? It's completely different than anything you've ever dealt with. Not to just sit here and swoon all over Andrew, but this podcast has been a long time in the making. (laughs) I mean, what what I'm hearing is if you, if you use Ascend, I mean, obviously you're giving your customers a couple of different options on the payment screen when they, when they make the payment, but you have an, uh, in effect done away with this whole, you know, especially agencies. And we try to do this, but it, you know, it doesn't work out real well for us because we, we have a premium finance company we like to use, but then the, the MGA always sends the quote with mm-hmm. their premium finance agreement. So then are yeah. we using them? Are we using ours? Which one are we going to do? Well, that one's easier because it's already got everything filled out. Mm-hmm. And it looks to me like what you're doing is you're just doing away with all of that. That's and right. You, everybody just uses a send and the customer right. can pay however they want. Exactly. It's their choice, right? Make it easy for them to buy insurance. That's what we're trying to do and make your life easier by, you know, not having to deal with all the paperwork on the back end. I was talking to uh, Matt Namoli this morning and uh, we were talking about just a couple technologies and we we're talking about efficiency. And I was like, you know, my, my favorite thing is when I can, can, start working with a technology that almost like consolidates multiple technologies. And like, for me, like you guys not only consolidate the payment side, but you have the premium finance and you solve the problem of handling it for me on the back end. And I get paid fat. Like it's been exactly what we needed it to be. And, and I know you guys have some, some really uh, so some aspirations to solve even some bigger problems. And I'm looking forward to seeing that. Andrew, Likewise. before I let you go, tell me the warts. Because these agents are like, this shit's too good to be true. This is a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's it's real. At Bradley's using it. We're using it. But mm-hmm. if there's like one area where they're like, ah, we got to get better at that. What what would it be? Or is there anything? There's tons of stuff we have to get better at. Uh, you know, I won't sugarcoat it. Uh, and as you guys know, as as entrepreneurs, nothing is ever good enough, right? So right. Uh, I'll I'll put that aside and and tell you the you know real stuff. It's what we were talking about with carriers. A lot of carriers are hard to work with. And so when we say, hey, here's the premium, net premium of, um, you know, when we paid the commission, sometimes that gets a little challenging and there's some communication that we have to work through there. We're getting good at it. We're getting relationships with those carriers, but, you know, we're, we're a part of an ecosystem. And so we have to play friendly within that. And that can be a challenge sometimes. Well, I'm excited. I will tell you this. I had a meeting with all my team yesterday and I said, guys, about two weeks from now, we, we're not using anything for agency build, but a cent. That's all we're using. Well, because, it's thanks because, to you guys that we're able to to make this progress and, and learn. So we really appreciate it. Hey, Bradley, before we get off, tell these agents, because they need to know this. Where do they go to go sign up to see a demo of a send? Because you told me before the podcast started and I've already forgotten. It's in the links below if you click on the show notes, but it's useascend.com forward slash insurance guys. Andrew? Thank you for being on the show today. We love you. It was you. truly thank my you. pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Let, let me say this. If for nothing else, you've made the industry better. And it's it's like walking on the moon. Every step you take is a step that hasn't been done before. And you have created something that I feel like it will gain a lot of traction in the industry over the coming years. And I think you 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 should be very proud of yourself for trying your dead level best to make the industry better. You know, kudos to the team and credit to the team. They're the ones doing it. Well, thank you. Really appreciate it. Well, you're welcome. Guys, as I end every podcast, rewards come from action, not discussion. Listen, you don't have to use a send. 
You don't have to use Glovebox. You don't have to use any of our sponsors. But you owe it to yourself to at least go get a demo and see what they offer and see if it's a good fit for your agency. And I guarantee you, if you do that, you'll probably start start using them. And we didn't even get to the biggest part. What? How much does it cost these agencies, Andrew, to use a send? It's free. Zero point zero dollars. Mr. Dublarski, zero. Well, we're not part of Bradley's software costs, so that's someone else. Right. You're not. Guys, you're not. <laughs> you eliminated a couple of them, though. There you go. That's right. Yeah. You guys, free. Did you hear that? Free. I mean, damn. <laughs> free. As I always end every podcast, rewards come from action, not discussion. Get your ass out from behind that desk today. Go out in the big, bad world. Build relationships. Figure out what your why is. We bring technology vendors on this podcast that are the cutting edge of the insurance industry. Go demo their stuff. See if it's a good fit for your agency. Maybe it can cut out some friction. Maybe it can make things better and let you do something else besides doing the crap I'm having to do right now. Go do that. Go write good business for the companies that you represent. Go write good business for the agencies that you represent. Bradley Flowers, I love you. Thanks, man. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, Thanks guys. Really appreciate it. Take care. Guys, you are listening to the Insurance Guys podcast, and we love each and every one of you. Thank you so much for being a part of our family, and we look forward to seeing you back here real soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com or email me at scott at iprotectinsurance.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to portalinsurance.com or email him at bradley at portalinsurance.com. Guys, we love you. We thank you so much for listening to our show and being a part of our family. And we look forward to seeing you again next week on the next episode of the Insurance Guys podcast. Take care.